0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. People everywhere should have access to rigorously tested, safe, and effective COVID-19 vaccines. As long as COVID is spreading and replicating anywhere, it poses a threat to people everywhere.
1: That was U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken speaking at an event in support of global vaccine distribution through COVAX. If that sounds familiar, it's because we've talked about COVAX on this podcast before. It's an international effort led by organizations like the WHO to try and make sure that lower-income countries don't get shut out of access to COVID-19 vaccines. The idea is that if everyone chips in, vaccine access and distribution can be more equitable among countries around the world. But at the moment, we aren't reaching that goal. We're not even close. One of the leaders of COVAX, Seth Berkeley, said that the global supply of the COVID-19 vaccine is incredibly tight right now, and he asked countries with excess supply to share spare doses of the vaccine with COVAX so they can be distributed to countries in short supply. Today, I'm gonna to hand things over to my colleague, Melissa Matani, who recently wrote an opinion piece for CNN.com about global vaccine inequity and why, for her, it hits close to home. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction.
2: A couple of weeks ago, I got my first dose of the Moderna vaccine against COVID-19 before vaccines were widely available to everyone. I had been eligible to get it under New York City guidelines due to underlying conditions, but I wasn't planning on it. I was very aware that there are others out there who needed the vaccine way more than I did. Teachers, healthcare workers, those over 60. And even as more of those types of people did get vaccinated, I was still planning on waiting until everyone could get the shot. And frankly, I was really hoping that my family, who live in Zambia in Africa, would also be able to get theirs. What spurred me to actually get the vaccine was the loss of one of our closest family friends, who I consider my uncle. He was originally from Yorkshire in England, but he would lived in Zambia for most of his life, like many other expats in the former British colony. When he got sick with coronavirus, even being around 80 years old, couldn't secure him a spot in an overcrowded hospital. So he, like many others, was turned away. That led to him having a stroke and then eventually being admitted to an intensive care unit, where he ended up living out his final days on a ventilator. Had he been in England or any other rich nation, he likely would have received treatment immediately, or he would have been given the vaccine and would quite possibly still be alive today. The tragedy was made worse by the fact that his family and friends couldn't say goodbye in person, like countless others around the world who've been robbed of real goodbyes to their loved ones. It made me think, that could be my parents, and I wouldn't be able to see them or say goodbye if they got sick with the virus. I'm thousands of miles away, and the last time I saw them could be the absolute last. That thought haunted me for days and it made me realize that I needed to take the vaccine that was being offered to me here, so I could be one step closer to being able to see them if disaster struck. But still, I hesitated. I felt racked with guilt over being eligible to get a vaccine when they couldn't. My husband urged me to do it, he made the appointment for me, and I immediately cried. I felt like I was being selfish. And don't get me wrong, I'm grateful that I got a vaccine, I think everyone needs to get vaccinated. I just really wish that everyone could. When I told my family the news, they were so happy for me. They even popped a bottle of champagne, but it just made me feel worse, and I was crying with guilt. I was overcome with a sense that I had somehow been chosen to live, and they hadn't. Rationally, I know that's not true, but I can't shake that feeling even now. I feel sad. I feel guilty that I got to take a vaccine and they didn't. And the worst part really is not knowing when or if they ever will. My parents aren't an isolated situation. According to Our World and Data, there are still several countries around the world with no access, none, to vaccines. Do their citizens not count? Doesn't every human life count? What makes my life more valuable than theirs? I don't understand why every pharmaceutical company isn't rushing to get every single person on planet Earth vaccinated for a disease that has shown it can infect anyone, regardless of citizenship, age, race or status in society. Shouldn't the treatment for the virus be equally as broad? The pace of the vaccine's rollout around the world largely depends on pharmaceutical giants. Backed by the governments that funded them, these companies are so far reluctant to share their patents, which, critics argue, effectively amounts to choosing profit over human life. The World Health Organization Director General has repeatedly warned that withholding vaccine data and not doing more to share vaccines will lead to so many more needless deaths, and not just in poor countries, but in rich ones as well.
1: I need to be blunt. The world is on the brink of a catastrophic moral failure. And the price of this failure will be paid with lives and livelihoods in the world's poorest countries.
2: As we here in the U.S. receive our vaccines, we can't forget what led to this birthright. America is a land of immigrants. That means people born here owe their freedom and privilege to others who risk their lives to come here much like thousands at the southern border are doing now. Where are their vaccines? Did their lives not matter? It's ironic that this global pandemic should have made us realize we're all the same, whatever country we live in. But instead, it's perhaps made us more selfish. We've put fears for ourselves and our loved ones ahead of our concern for others across the world. Yet the love and concern that I feel for my family in Zambia is just as valuable as the love and concern an American feels for their American family or a European for theirs. My second dose of the Moderna vaccine is approaching, and I feel sad and hollow all over again as I think about my family overseas, but also others who are nowhere near even receiving a single dose of the vaccine, and they still don't know if and when they will. Every single person everywhere needs to get vaccinated for all of us to collectively be safe. Until that happens, we need to recognize that we're privileged to have the resources to protect ourselves and we need to help others who aren't. Coronavirus has shown us that it doesn't discriminate and neither should the antidote.
1: Melissa's story and her family's lack of access to the vaccine is a stark reminder that we still have a long way to go before the world is protected against this virus. And it's going to have to be an international effort. There is an urgency to do this. Some scientists say that low vaccine numbers in many countries will make it more likely for vaccine-resistant mutations to appear and begin to spread. But some good things are happening. The United States has already committed $4 billion to COVAX, and COVAX has been making progress in delivering vaccines to countries that need them. And now that the United States is vaccinating citizens in such high numbers, we do expect to have more supply than demand. Questions are already being raised about if and when the country should donate some of its remaining doses. It's always important to remember, pandemic means that it's a worldwide problem, and the global community is going to have to come together if we're going to beat this virus as a world. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.